0: Welcome again to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio. You know, our culture loves sports. The Super Bowl was just a couple of weeks ago. Now many are excited that baseball players are reporting for spring training. And the world right now has its eyes on Pyongyang, South Korea, for the Winter Olympics. Now Gabe will join us shortly to help introduce our main talk this week from a famous snowboarder who again this year is at the Olympics, and how she sees her competing not only as a way of expressing God's excellence, but as a platform for sharing God's love. First, though, we want to present a portion of a talk from our 2014 Q Conference featuring Thomas Lake. Now, Thomas is an award-winning senior writer for Sports Illustrated, as well as a fan of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Thomas has been thinking about the concept of competition. And while it can bring good, there is a side of it that we as Christians need to guard against. Let's listen in.
2: Get off our field. September 30th, 2012. Falcons down 28 27. Pinned on their own one yard line, clock running out. And then Matt Ryan goes deep and Roddy White hauls it in for 59 yards. The Falcons win a few plays later on a field goal. And in TV replays after the game, you can read our quarterback's lips as he says, Get the bleep off my field. Well, folks, I got a confession to make today. I wasn't offended. No, I loved Matt Ryan for saying that because, forget the press conference, I was pretty sure those six words summed up how he really felt, which was how I really felt, how my brother really felt, of probably 50,000 people in the Georgia Dome really felt. This is our house, our town. Oh you Panthers, go back to Carolina. This is a red-blooded American feeling, isn't it? We sent the British back across the Atlantic. In the war of 1812 beat the mexicans the spanish the germans the germans the japanese outlasted the soviet union after september 11th toby keith wrote a song that hit number one on the country charts oh justice will be served and the battle will rage this big dog will fight when you rattle his cage And you'll be sorry that you messed with the U.S. of A. If you know the song, you know it gets more interesting from there. (laughs) And he's right. uh, Military force is the American way. But that way does have some side effects. It wasn't long before American forces had killed more civilians in Afghanistan than died on September 11th. We dropped Agent Orange on 6 million acres of Vietnam, poisoning and deforming generations of people. And don't forget the Trail of Tears. 244 years of slavery, a century of racial segregation. I'm proud to be an American, but that pride has to come with a measure of contrition and humility. And this thinking does apply to sports. Those atrocities we committed against other nations, many of them were based on this false premise that those people were somehow inferior to us, less human. And this kind of thinking seeps into our consciousness when we care too much about winning, beating the bad guys. We see those uniforms, those opposing colors, and we feel the beginning of a thing called hate. I can't promise I'll never act a fool at a game again, but next time I'm tempted to yell, get off my field, I'm gonna remember a story that puts that command in a whole new light. Six years ago, Washington State, college softball, girl on the visiting team hits a home run. She's so excited going around the bases, She misses first, turns to go back, tears her ACL. She's lying there in the dirt. Teammates can't help her because then she'd be out. Umpire doesn't know what to do, thinks maybe her run won't count if she can't circle the bases. And then a young lady from the other team gets an idea. This is Mallory Holtman, tough as nails, career average of 360, but now she's a senior. Never been to the playoffs, her team is one loss from elimination, if this uh, girl in the dirt finds a way to score, Mallory's team will be down by three runs. So what does Mallory do? Go to the umpire? Argue the run shouldn't count? No. Mallory gets permission to get this girl off her field. She and a teammate pick up their enemy, Carry her toward second, touch her foot to the base, touch her foot to third base, and then they carry her home. The visiting team scores another run, and the home crowd goes wild. Thank you.
0: A great thought there about competition from Thomas Lake of Sports Illustrated. How we compete or how we as spectators celebrate says a lot about the gospel we say we follow. So whether we're playing on the field or in the stands, we need to be mindful of how we present ourselves as representatives of Christ. You can hear the full talk by Thomas Lake from our 2014 conference at QIdeas.org. And while there, check out Q2018. It's our next conference, which is quickly approaching April 11th through the 13th in Nashville. We'll be listening and learning from thought leaders in areas of politics, the arts, business, and even sports. One of the speakers will be former Olympic skating champion Scott Hamilton. Find out more at q. 2018. We're joined now by Gabe Lyons. And, Gabe, at a Q conference a couple of years ago, you brought in women's champion snowboarder Kelly Clark to speak. Tell us about her and get us ready for her talk.
3: She's somebody who's incredibly humble, number one. She's not the type of athlete that hypes who she is. Many people maybe wouldn't recognize her face, and yet in one specific sport, she has been the elite champion, and that sport is snowboarding. And so as a young person, I mean, long before she was an adult, she was on a mind-blowing 23 different podiums receiving awards. So she won and outpaced her male competitors, female competitors. She's won Olympic gold. She's won Olympic bronze. She's won over 10 X Games medals, nine of them gold. So this is a person who's a complete champion in her sport and pursues excellence in every way that she can. And yet she understands Why she's been placed there. She doesn't take herself too seriously. She's not somebody who thinks she's there only because of her hard work. She understands that God works in all these kinds of mysterious ways, but that part of what she challenged us in Denver to think about is that when we have these platforms, how are we to think about them? Are we to get our value from them? Or are we to understand that God's at work through us and that our job's to be faithful? And so you'll get to hear from her. I think the one thing you'll miss out on is not getting to see some of the epic tricks and photographs that we actually had displayed in the venue as people were listening to her talk. But if you want to see those, go online to qideas.org and you can actually watch this talk right now. It's there or search it by searching the name Kelly Clark. Uh, And you can also sign up to receive alerts anytime a new talk is released. But I don't want to wait any longer. I want you to hear Kelly. And so she's walking on the stage right now. Let's listen to Kelly Clark.
1: Just a privilege to get to be here to share with you guys today. And I'm going to share a little bit about my life. I want I want you guys to catch a glimpse of of what my life looks like. I have the privilege of getting to pursue my dreams and getting to pursue God. And it's, um, I hope it's inspiring. I hope that you guys take something away that that inspires you to to be more passionate about what's in your heart, because I've found that God's into what's in our hearts. He just wants our hearts. And I've been a professional snowboarder for the last 20 years, which is crazy. This was my 17th consecutive X Games appearance this season. And um, I'm glad that Gabe didn't give you my age. So we leave that a mystery. But you can do the math. I'm old for a snowboarder. But uh, you know, I started snowboarding before it was cool. There was no such thing as the as uh, the X Games, and it and it wasn't an Olympic sport yet. They would barely let us on the mountains when I started. And you don't you don't think you make really big decisions when you're 14 years old when you're a teenager. But I remember the first year that snowboarding was in the Olympics was 1998. I had recorded the Olympics on a VHS tape. Anybody remember those? I recorded it, and I watched it after school, and, and I remember everything about that day. I remember what I was wearing and where I was and what the weather was like. And I said, you know, this is, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to give my life to. I was 14 years old, and four years later, I found myself on my first Olympic team. And I've had the privilege of representing the U.S., and in the last four Olympic games, I have a gold medal and two bronze medals, and and sports are, are an amazing thing because it's, it's really a, a rubber meets the road type of scenario. It's like you really find out what you're made of. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share little parts of my Olympic experiences because kind of every four years, um, I get to see what I built. I get to see what I'm made of. And I mean, I, I, I train four years for a 30-second by run. It's, it's a pretty bad plan. <laughs> but it's my life. And I get to walk it out with the Lord, and, and and it's been an incredible journey. I had the idea that when you are successful, um, it, it goes hand in hand with, with being happy. And I quickly found out that was not the case. When I was 18 years old, I had reached the, the pinnacle of athletic achievement. I thought I was going to have this this fulfillment. You know, I think our greatest needs as humans is is to be significant. And we look for that. In all sorts of places. We look for it in relationships. We look for it in achievements through performance, through sports. I quickly found that, that I was not fulfilled by performing. And two years later, when I was 20, um, I ended up getting radically saved, which is, which is a story for, for another time. Our God is, is not the God of, of either or. He's the God of both and. And he's way better than we think he is. And he is so for us, and he's so for our dreams. Jesus came that we would have life and life in abundance. There's something that comes alive in us when we do what we are created to do. And I get to be in an industry where people would never step foot in a church. People would never have an opportunity to encounter the love of God. And it's one of the great privileges of my life to love those people well. Because just like me, they they are searching for something. They are searching for that sense of significance that can't be found anywhere. A few years back, I was writing down my goals as I do every season. And I send them to my coaches and we talk about how we want to achieve them. And I was just about to hit send on my computer. And I went to hit send and the Holy Spirit stopped me and he said, Kelly, that's not what's in your heart. And I'm looking at my goals and what I had written down. And I had written down that I wanted to go to the Olympics. And you know when God calls you out on something, you kind of like half pretend that you don't know what he's talking about, but you know exactly which one he's talking about. I'm like, this one? And it said I wanted to go to the Olympics. And he said, yeah. He said, you know, if if you want to win, you should write it down. And I said, what? It's It's okay to want to be great? And I had this paradigm shift that day where it's okay to want to be great. God is into what's in our hearts. He just wants our hearts. There's a scripture in Proverbs that I love that says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire realized is a tree of life. There is so much life that comes from pursuing our dreams. And, you know, if we want to win, we should write it down. It doesn't mean that you're going to. But it means that you're going to live. And only things that are alive can produce fruit. So what are the things that are producing fruit in your lives? What are the things that make you come alive? Because it might just be the very area that God wants to use you in. It might be the place that you're called to. It might be the place that you get to go into to love people really well. By knowing who he is, we in turn know who we are, and we're freed up to be who we are created to be. And we need to ask ourselves, where are we getting our significance from? Snowboarding for me had turned into something that was more of an obligation than something I got to do. It was something that I got my identity from. And, you know, that whole identity thing, it's, to be honest, it's not something you ever figure out. It's something you continually work on. At least that's how it's been for me. But there's, there's moments in my career where I can see that I'm growing and I think sometimes that's success for me is, is growth. And I had a conversation after the Vancouver Olympics with one of my teammates and she came up to me, we were we were done competing and she made this statement and she said, Wow, are you are you so glad it's over? And I thought that was such a strange comment. And in that moment I realized that I was doing it for the right reasons. I wasn't, I wasn't doing it to try to arrive. If I've learned something about the Olympics, it's, it's that it's not a place that needs to be treated as a destination, nor is it something that should define you. And I think a lot of the time we spend our lives trying to survive. And, and in your own lives, if you ever find yourself trying to arrive somewhere, if I can just get here, if I can just achieve this, if I can just get this job, There's a really good chance that you're trying to be defined by it. And it should be a red flag for you to, to go back to the drawing board to be like, where am I getting my significance from? Because we should be freed up. When we know who we are, we get freed up. I get to do, I get to do what I love with the one that I love. And that's what we're created for. We're, we're meant to know our significance and then go into places and be that encounter to encounter God and and for people to encounter him through us. That's that's what my life has been like. You know, the other thing that we need to ask ourselves is, is how, how do we impact the world around us instead of be impacted by it? You know, there's a few questions that I get from people when they meet me and they hear that I'm a professional snowboarder there's there's probably three of my most popular questions. The first question is, do you know Sean White, that flying tomato guy? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I do know that flying tomato guy. And the next question I get usually is, can you do a backflip? And that is also, yes, I can do a backflip. And the third question is, is how are you a Christian in the snowboarding culture? How does that work? You know, that's a culture where people don't share my values. People don't share my beliefs. What their idea of fun is is really different than what my idea of fun is. You know, there couldn't be more differences that we have. And I think a lot of people don't know how to walk out their, um, their belief system in a culture that's countercultural to what they carry. And we think that the world is going to change us instead of us changing the world. But I believe that God's called us to change the world and not be changed by it. And so when people ask me that and they say, how are you a Christian in the snowboarding culture? Well, I say it's really easy because what I believe to be true about God is not circumstantial. It doesn't change based off of what goes on around me. My environment does not get to shape the truth that I live from. I establish values in my life that I live from. I have non-negotiables in my life. The truth of the Bible is what dictates my life. What goes on around me. I, I will not compromise my values to get my needs met. I will not look around to make decisions and decide what kind of choices I, m- I make. You know, when we live with integrity, it's kind of like you, you make your mind up ahead of time before you get there. And that's what it's like to be a Christian in in a culture that is different than the culture that you carry. You make your mind up ahead of time, before you get there. And you're able to transform the world around you and change it instead of be changed by it. You know, if if I'm a professional athlete, I'm a professional athlete. And what if I looked to my circumstances to decide what kind of choices I would make as a high-level competitive athlete? You know, I mean, you guys who are from Colorado, you know it's cold here. It's freezing here. Don't be fooled. Snowboarders do not like the cold. We just dress really warm. What if what if I saw it was cold out and I didn't want to go up and go snowboarding? What if I decided that I was tired and I I decided not to go out and to train? I wouldn't be a very effective athlete. I wouldn't be a high-level competitive athlete. We... It's the same sort of thing. It's the same principle. We can't look to our surroundings as Christians to decide what kind of choices we make. We need to cling to the truth. And that becomes the backbone of all of our decision making. And our actions will reveal what you believe to be true. And that's how I'm a Christian in the snowboarding culture. It's it's not complex. It's really simple. I know who I am. I know that I'm significant outside of performing. And I get to do what I love with the one that I love, and I get to love people. I was at a conference a few years back, and we we want to call ourselves leaders. You know, I think that's what a lot of people in this room were we're leaders in industries, we're in we're in different places and in, in, in leadership. And I was at a conference and they were asking us, it was a panel discussion, and I was on this panel with all these really fancy people, very mayors and lawyers and uh you know very very well educated people and the question was you know at at what point did you know that you were a leader and everybody had all these incredible answers it's going down the line i'm one of the last people to speak and and um I barely made it through high school. You know, that was a that was a success for me as far as education. Everybody has all these incredible answers. But it came down to me and they said, "You know, Kelly, what point did you know you were a leader?" And I said, "You know, I think I knew I was a leader when I started thinking about other people more often than I thought of myself." And you can you can learn all the right things. You can go to all the right conferences and you can become very well educated. You can take principles and apply them in your culture and influence people. And I think we have to get healthy, that identity thing. We have to get that down. It's, it's kind of like a um you know, like the the videos on the airplanes when the mask drops down and it says, you know, please put your own mask on before assisting other people. It's like we have to get healthy. We have to have a firm grasp of our significance. And who we are and what's in our hearts. And, and that'll be influential. But if you want to be a transformative leader in your culture, we have to think about other people more than we think about ourselves. And, and that's what it's been like for me as, as a, as a high level competitive athlete. You know, I want to be the same person that I am when I'm winning. When I'm losing, you know, behind closed doors and on TV, I want to live a life of consistency that disarms people. You know, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that's what it's like in my world. I build relationships and I, I wake up in the morning and, and I ask myself, how can I love and honor people today? And, and that's how I'm effective in my industry. I, I have the identity thing. You know, I, I have the plan, the significance. I, I have those things established in my life, my non-negotiables, and those are good. But what makes things truly transformative is a heart to love people well because all of those things that we can learn and all the, all the books and things, material we can obtain, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work without love, and the only thing that will never fail is love. It's the only thing that can bridge the gap between differences, between disagreements, between different value sets, between different belief systems. If we can think about how we can love and honor people well, that's when we will see transformation in our cultures, when we get really healthy and put our own mask on first before assisting others, and then take your life and serve other people and love people well. You know, I think there's people out there that are looking for that sense of significance that I was looking for. It's the only thing everyone is wired, and and it's the only thing everybody is is driven, um, is driven to. And you know, perhaps through through me and and through you, people will have that encounter with the love of God, and they will they will come to know that there's a true significance that can only be met by God. And it's a great privilege that we have is to go into every culture, into every industry, into every workplace, into every family, into every sports team and love people well. Thank you.
3: hope you enjoyed hearing kelly's story as much as we did in denver she's not somebody who regularly speaks and shares this so it's always unique when we get to hear kind of behind the scenes thoughts and how a leader like her is leading in their field i hope it encourages and inspires you to think creatively about maybe what is god trying to do through the place he's called you and so as we go forward invite your friends to join us for the next episode we'll be back next week with another talk that we'll get to listen to together and i hope you'll join us next week for a new edition of the q podcast Show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media.
0: Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.